Okay, so I'm just making sure that the audio is working here. We'll get started in a minute. Looks like a lot of you are here already, so welcome. Happy President's Day to you. Let's make sure this is working. Good to see George Washington with us and Theodore Roosevelt joining us today. <clears throat> All right. Looks like the audio is working. Let me welcome you all. Hi, I'm Mr. Beats, and this is my President's Day live stream. So happy President's Day to you. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I have the day off from school, so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to do a tier list of all of the American presidents, excluding the current president, President Trump. I left him off of this. But all the other ones, we're going to rank them. This trend was big last spring, so I'm late to the party as usual. But why not? Let's do it now, right? Of all days, this makes sense. I had a lot of requests to do this. Uh, iDubs, I think, was the one who did it that um, got the most exposure. And after that kind of blew up, a lot of people said, Hey, Mr. Beat, you'd be perfect to, to do a tier list for all the presidents. So... <laughs> Why not do it? I'll take take uh, questions at the end. I'm not sure how long this will take. It will probably be at least an hour, I imagine. Unlike other president tier lists that I've seen, this is going to go a little bit more in depth. I mean, obviously, I'm a teacher. I I'm a huge presidential history dork. I mean, that's kind of what I've known. I'm known. I'm known for if you if you are new to this channel, um, this the first videos I posted for the most part were my music videos for my songs about every single president. I made songs about all the presidents and uh, made videos for them and posted them. That was like kind of how I got started with all this. And I made those when I first started teaching, uh, 2010, 2011, 2012. That's and. Uh, I've made them all up through Obama. Um, the reason why I'm not including President Trump into this tier list is because he's still in office. Not only am I extremely biased, but I think uh, we don't know about his legacy very much yet. I think uh, we make presumptions, but he's he's still in office. A lot could happen, and uh, we got to wait. I did decide to include President Obama. Um, I probably shouldn't have, but Mrs. Beat talked me into it, so you will see where he fits on my tier list. And, I mean, it's been over three years since he was president, so I think it's okay. Um, some people say we shouldn't even, like, include recent presidents at all because of our bias. I mean, there's a certain point where you just gotta say the heck with it. I'm going for it. Uh, especially since... I excluded Obama from my uh, best presidents and worst presidents videos that I released a couple years ago. So uh, it's nice to kind of introduce him to the in, in terms of where I think he fits 
uh, on the tier list. Also, the, another difference compared to those videos, the best presidents and, and worst presidents videos that I released a couple years ago, I think it was three years ago I released those. The thing about those is that I accounted for their entire lives, all of the presidents. I looked at their, their uh, you know, what they did before they became president, what they did after. Whereas today, we're just going to look at only their presidency, only based on their performance while in office. So this is going to hurt somebody like Jimmy Carter, right? Jimmy Carter has done so many great things outside of the presidency, but during his presidency, he had a rough go. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start the tear maker, baby. Yeah! I think I have it pulled up here. There it is. Hopefully you can see it all. Yeah. All right. We'll go chronologically here. And uh, of course I'll save these. Or save it when I'm done. And this video will be posted probably forever. All right. Chronologically. George Washington, our first president. Where are you at, George? Oh, crap. These are all mixed up. <laughs> oh, this is going to make this take longer. There he is. George Washington. No, he's going to S. George Washington is still my favorite president. And we've got to look at the, these, uh, these legacies through the lens of, you know... They obviously have views that are relative to their, their time. We've got to think about context, okay? George Washington had slaves. I get it, okay? George Washington definitely had a, a twisted worldview compared to 2020, <laughs> okay? But as far as while he was president, okay, being the first for anything is hard. I think he set the bar really high. I don't think we've ever got to that, that bar ever since. I mean, there are a lot of things that we kind of take for granted today about, about G-dubs, right? George Washington, he voluntarily left office after two terms. In fact, he didn't want to serve to begin with. He was a hesitant leader. People wanted him to be king. Remember, Alexander Hamilton talked about him, you know, why don't we just give him you know, absolute power to, to a certain degree. But George Washington didn't want that. He knew what would happen. He didn't, he knew how people naturally, when they gain power, they become more tyrannical. So he was a, a big limited government guy. Also, why I love George is that his cabinet was diverse of people with different uh, political beliefs. He tried to unite factions. He warned against political parties, said that they would be the downfall of the Republic. He had a non-interventionist foreign policy because he knew that the United States couldn't not only handle it, but he knew that we didn't want to turn into the British Empire or the French Empire or, you know, any of the empires that were doing horrible things abroad. He knew that that contradicted the Constitution and Bill of Rights. So, while he was president, yeah, for the most part, it wasn't really too eventful. There was Jay's Treaty. 
Jay's treaty was good. Opening uh, relations back up with Britain, trying to balance it with France. But I think he just set an example as a calm and composed and humble leader. And everybody after him, to this day, you know, looks at what he did while in office. All right, John Adams. John Adams is going to D. The reason why is because of the Alien and Sedition Acts. <laughs> that certainly really messed up his legacy. Uh, I mean, you're talking... Other than that, he, he actually did fairly well as well, kind of negotiating with both Britain and France, making sure the quasi-war was didn't get out of control. That was, that was a war that was never declared by Congress, and so I think he handled the quasi-war pretty well. He was a smart guy, but again, uh, not only the Alien and Sedition Acts where people would be in trouble for speaking out against the government, ooh, that goes against the First Amendment, but also, beginning with John Adams is when you start to see this sharp division with our country, and Thomas Jefferson is his vice president, and those two aren't even talking while they are sharing the executive branch together, so... John Adams, sorry. All right, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> I gotta find TJ. Thomas Jefferson uh, is surprisingly one of the most popular songs that I have on Spotify. Nope, he's going up to A. Thomas Jefferson still is one of my favorite presidents, and... <clears throat> I, in my video that I released a few years ago, I looked at what he did before. Obviously, as the Founding Father, Declaration of Independence, um, all that jazz. But while in office, he, he served two terms, and he definitely... The thing I like the most about Thomas Jefferson is that he changed with the times. He kind of saw the, which direction the wind was going, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to... Uh, ad adapt here. Great example is the Louisiana Purchase. Louisiana Purchase, maybe it wasn't constitutional, but he saw this as a unique opportunity that would never probably present itself ever again, and he took it. He, uh, the, the, the thing that probably, uh, was the theme throughout all of his presidency, though, generally, was that, yeah, the president shouldn't have a whole lot of power. It should be, uh, he should have a limited amount of power. Definitely, Congress should be calling the shots when it, when it comes to going to war. He did have to deal with the Barbary Wars, which I have a video coming out about that next, uh, or this Friday. He handled that well, as well as he could. Went to Congress, built up the Navy. I think he really, uh, did kind of strengthen the uh, the executive branch a little bit. The thing that's bad about TJ, though, and why he's not up to S here, is because he, uh, well, yeah, the slavery thing, that's, he was such a hypocrite when it came to that. Uh, and then the embargo acts that uh, definitely hurt uh, New England merchants. Um, he kind of focused a little bit too, more, too much on the farmers, and uh, that was one of his, his uh, I think, weaknesses. But overall, uh, a visionary, somebody who did think 
ahead of his time, as I say in my song. All right, James Madison. James Madison, I am going to put you at B. All right. James Madison was president during the War of 1812. I think that there, there are good arguments to make that that war probably didn't need to happen. But regardless, when it did, he was a solid leader. And uh, he did kind of give in to the Warhawks. Um, but he was one of those guys that saw that Britain was just going to keep doing it if, if the United States didn't uh, stand up to them. Uh, now that said, we we kind of had a we had a good relationship with them uh, in prior decades, and so uh, an okay relationship. So things did de-escalate. Um, so part of the reason why he's down at B instead of A is James Madison, I think, could have done a better job as far as uh, preventing war with Britain, especially when we were not ready for it at all. <laughs> we were lucky that that war ended up in a draw, but. Overall, while the war was going on, even as Washington, D.C. was burning, he uh, was right there trying to keep the country together. Uh, other than that, like after the war was over, um, he had to deal with the Barbary Wars a little bit as well. He finished that. That was the second Barbary War, finished that pretty strongly. And his commander-in-chief actually did pretty well. People doubted him, man. They doubted James Madison. They were like, oh, this guy, yeah, he's a scholar. You know, he's the, the dork who was writing all the notes at the Constitutional Convention. But uh, he, he did prove to be a good, good commander-in-chief, despite not having uh, much military background at all. All right, James Monroe. I guess going in order is slowing me down quite a bit. That's okay, though. Where are you at, James? I mean, I can't even find James Monroe. What the heck? Is he here? Oh, there he is. Okay. James, Mon James Monroe, your average. Look at this. We got, we got S through D. No Fs yet. James Monroe was extremely popular when he was president. But what did he do? I mean, he's known for the era of good feelings. He did have a very nice goodwill tour to try to unite the, the country. He virtually ran unopposed. That was great. But the Missouri Compromise, that kind of was something that, like, yeah, that's, um, <laughs> this is not going to end well. Uh, it did last for for uh, 30 years, the Missouri Compromise. So we'll give him that. He did have a balanced cabinet of uh, people from different political backgrounds. That was good on him. But as far as accomplishments, I don't know, I mean, maybe... This is where it's like, okay, what did he do? I guess there were no wars. It was fairly peaceful during his presidency. Maybe that is to his disadvantage. Also, Monroe had to deal with uh, an economic depression, um, the Panic of 1819. So, uh, you know, that definitely hurt his legacy. And then we have John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams. I'm putting you right there in the C tier as well. All right. JQ, son of John Adams, smart guy, smarter than John Adams, actually, but uh, kind of a snob, <clears throat> kind of uh, elitist, and uh, 
he did have integrity. He was it was much like Thomas Jefferson in terms of a visionary. Had a he was forward thinking. Like slavery is horrible. We need to end it immediately. That kind kind of thing. <clears throat> but uh, he was kind of hard to get along with for some people. Um, the corrupt bargain of 1824 did, did not help his image as well. <laughs> uh, when Andrew Jackson and uh, him ran against each other in the election of 1824, Henry Clay also ran in, in that election, and he got votes for John Quincy Adams so that the uh, there would be, because there was no majority, there was no plurality, of, a majority of a votes in 1824 so john quincy adams did not have the most votes but he got elected and that was because of the corrupt bargain so-called corrupt bargain with henry clay and so andrew jackson remembered that his supporters remember that and four years later he would that i think that's a big reason why he did not get reelected. all right andrew jackson yep he did not make my top list or my uh, bottom list he also goes to the c c tier andrew jackson so andrew jackson has good and bad and he definitely stirs up emotions <laughs> okay i get it so first of all incredibly racist like even more racist than your average racist in the 1820s okay he had slaves was unapologetic about it uh, did not feel guilty about it. Definitely thought that there was a hierarchy that you're born into. But, at the same time, he fought against elitism. And he believed that, you know, just because you're born poor doesn't mean you shouldn't deserve a lot of the same rights uh, as somebody who was born better off. And he was a fighter for uh, the so-called common man. And... Wanted more democracy. He, he uh, was against the Electoral College. Thought that it was it only benefited those already in power, uh, those already well off. So it's the first guy that really did seem to fight for the common man. Although he didn't fight for slaves, he didn't fight for African Americans who were free, and then of course Native Americans. <clears throat> Native Native Americans is what kind of his his. Uh, Association with Native Americans is what he gets, I think, the most negative attention for. But Andrew Jackson, um, you know, of course, went against the Supreme Court, Wooster v. Georgia, straight up said, I don't care. You know, I'm going to sign the Indian Removal Act. I don't care if we had th these previous treaties. His justification was, I'm trying to protect the American Indians, which, in my opinion, was BS. I think he was just racist towards them, pushed them towards Oklahoma Territory, where... He, would, he should have known that they would have struggled out there, and especially on the way, which after he, was, after he left office, the Trail of Tears. So that's a, that's a huge dark spot on his legacy. But Andrew, uh, Andrew, Jackson, uh, Andrew Jackson, still, I think we, we can't uh, ignore the good. I mean, uh, he, won, he was the only president to ever balance the budget. He did want to expand democracy that's something uh that was kind of rare back then before andrew jackson not that long i mean the big reason why andrew jackson got elected was because for the first time people 
that didn't own property could now vote. So now pretty much all white men could vote. <laughs> so, and of course, he never, Andrew Jackson never mentioned uh, women, but at least he was making it so that you didn't have to own property, you didn't have to, uh, just because you're poor doesn't mean you don't have a, a voice. All right, enough about Andrew Jackson. Martin Van Buren. <clears throat> Before we get to Martin Van Buren, let me uh, see how we're doing here. Oh, good. We're still, people are still on the chat. Okay. Oh, wow. 587 people. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Happy President's Day. Martin Van Buren. Hey, yeah, you're D tier, buddy. He started the Democratic Party, which, by by the way, is a much, much different party than the Democratic Party of today. But regardless, and he had wonderful hair, no doubt. Look at those sideburns. Uh, he definitely was a protege of Andrew Jackson, had many of the same beliefs. Um, one thing that I think might help him later on, after he's president, is his, um, you know, he evolved with his nativist beliefs. But when he was president, I mean, come on, uh, the economy was crap. Uh, the... He, he wasn't able to, to get any of his legislation he wanted through. Um, he pretty much rode the coattails of Jackson. I mean, there's it's he's an insignificant president. William Henry Harrison. I, I guess I got to put you as C. I don't know where to put him otherwise. I mean, some people were joking around earlier in the chat. You should put him at S. He could have been the greatest president ever. We don't know, right? He was only around for a few weeks. Uh, but... William Henry Harrison had the, the shortest term of any president, um, you know, famously gave that speech and uh, soon after, that was really long, soon after got sick and spent most of the time that he was in office uh, sick, sickly in bed. So we don't really know, we can't really judge anything about him. Uh, as far as potential, I do see a lot of potential with William Henry Harrison. I think that he really did care I think he wanted to see reforms, um, but generally, it's just like, what, what, what if? You know, we just don't know. So we'll leave him at C tier. All right, John Tyler took over, uh, just kind of because no one told him not to after William Henry Harrison died in office. The first time that ever happened. So, tenth president John Tyler, put him at D tier. Yeah. He later, uh, after he got out of office, was a Confederate supporter. Definitely uh, was a, a guy who supported the South and the institution of slavery. Um, he's one of those guys that nobody liked by the end of his term because he uh, had made both his former supporters mad and the people that were against him were still mad at him. So he kind of, he wasn't even renominated by his, the, the Whigs, uh, nobody wanted him. Democrats, the Whigs, both didn't want him. So he was without a party. Uh, he, again, like Martin Van Buren, kind of insignificant because of not being able to get much passed that was of any significance. So we'll leave it at that. All right, Millard Fillmore. Or no, we're not, we're not you there yet. You're 13. James Polk. Oh yeah, James Polk. All right. I have a hard time with James Polk. I think he's similar to Andrew Jackson. 
we're gonna put them in the middle, C tier. The reason why is it's hard for me to get past Polk's uh, aggressive um, foreign policy. He did not respect sovereignty of other countries. He just wanted to be a president of conquest. Just take the land. The only reason why I don't think he took all of Oregon is because he knew that that would be a hard war to win against uh, Britain. And so, yeah, sure, we'll negotiate with them. We'll sign a treaty. But that's what he, he should have done with uh, with Mexico. All right. Um, the way he handled the border dispute, I think, was dishonorable. And somebody who didn't have much military experience, but was all, let's go to war, do whatever we can. Now, he gets a lot of credit because, yeah, the United States kicked butt during that war, the Mexican-American War. They got all that territory. I mean, it was a something that hugely benefited the country, but at what cost? It's easy to say now, hey, you know, thank goodness he did that because now we, the United States is who it is. But I think he really was a bit reckless, honestly. He kind of lucked out. He really lucked out. Now... He's not lower in my list because he did make promises, campaign promises. He got elected for those promises, and he accomplished all of those. Everything that he said during his president or during his campaign, James Polk did. So we gotta, you know, for better or for worse, if you fulfill your campaign promises, and then also saying, "Hey, I'm not going to run for re-election. I'm going to be there for four years, and that's it. I'm going to get the job done." He got the job done. I have a video about James Polk if you want to know more about him. A fascinating dude. And now we're up to Zachary Taylor. Old, rough, and ready. Yeah. I think he's going down here. Zachary Taylor's a D-list. D-tier. Uh, because I think he was a fine general. I think he was a great... Uh, leader on the battlefield. Everybody loved him. I mean, he definitely won over his soldiers. While in office, now remember, he was another one who died while in office, was only there for a couple of years. Um, I don't think he really stood for anything. He didn't really have much of a political belief system, which sometimes that's good, don't get me wrong. You don't want somebody who's ideological, um, not listening to other opinions, but I think he didn't have much opinions to begin with because I don't think he was that well-read. I don't think he really knew what he was doing. I think he kind of just like everyone said, hey, you should be president because you're a military hero. He's like, okay. And so he got in there and he's just like, uh, he, he just didn't know what to do. because he, he, he probably didn't read enough books. Okay, so Zachary Taylor, you're at D. Millard Fillmore. I got so excited about Millard Fillmore, I wanted to... Uh, Bring him in. Um, I go back and forth between B and C for Millard Fillmore. Um, I think we're going to keep him at B. Yeah. Yeah, this is a last-minute decision here. Millard Fillmore, uh, I think, was, an, was one who... He started to actively try to nip it in the bud when he saw what was going on with... Uh, the rising conflict between North and South. When we expanded out West, he's like, we need to do something about this, and we need to do it now. We, we need to make sure we prevent tensions to get higher. Uh, and so the Compromise of 1850, 
Also, um, he was definitely one who fought for immigrants. Uh, definitely saw the good of what the, how our country was growing with with uh, letting immigrants work here legally and definitely not uh, kind of succumbing to nativism that was pretty big in the 1840s, 1850s. But uh, he was the last president, I think, to, to try to do something to prevent a civil war. And then things after, after he got out of office, things went downhill quickly. All right, that's when we get to Franklin Pierce. Franklin Pierce down here. And James Buchanan also down here. So these two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually do those together. Franklin Pierce, 14th president, James Buchanan, 15th. Similar in the, in the fact that they were uh, doe faces, you know, northerners with southern sympathies. I know Franklin Pierce went through a lot of crap while he was president, lost his son very dr- in dramatic fashion. Uh, he suffered from probably mental illness, alcohol abuse. I get it, but he, he just did... He struggled. He, he, he really did struggle. The presidency was not for him. And he was not able to have, you know, effective leadership at all during his tenure. Um, his cabinet was weak. And he basically just kind of went with whatever Congress was doing. Signed the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which was absolutely horrible. And then James Buchanan comes in there. It gets even worse. <laughs> He gets even worse. I, I think more and more that he might be the worst president we had. Um, it's likely that, um, well, I mean, his inaction uh, was the b- a big reason why things escalated as quickly as they did. I mean, he had chances, he had opportunities, and he just simply blew it because he was afraid of, you know, making people upset. Um, so really kind of the opposite of Abraham Lincoln who came after him in terms of just, just no courage, dude. There's no courage. All right. I think most people agree with what I've got so far right now. Maybe Andrew Jackson might be, uh, but yeah, before we get to Abraham Lincoln, I will say that Abraham Lincoln did not make my top 10 greatest presidents video. And part of the reason why I did that was I was being a little provocative because he would have been my number 11. It's like, oh, I, yeah, I get a lot of people that say, hey, he's not on there. But he definitely was not perfect, and so I'll get in, into that. Uh, but if you just now joined, I just want to let you know we're going through all this. Uh, I'll take some questions afterwards. I'm not really f- looking at the questions right now, though, so I apologize if you've been trying to ask me something. Okay, so Abraham Lincoln. He's not an S. He's not A, but he's B. <clears throat> a high B, a B, a B plus, okay, all right. Abraham Lincoln, clearly a great leader during the American Civil War. Somebody who was the opposite of James Buchanan in terms of just bold, and he did what he thought was right. He knew that often what he was doing was controversial. He, he was steadfast, even in the darkest moments of the, uh, the war. His whole freaking presidency, they were, we were at war, basically. The reason why, a big reason why um, the Confederacy became a country they seceded was because he was elected. 
when he was uh, running for president, he's like, yeah, I don't like slavery. He didn't apologize for that. Okay, he had principles. Uh, the reason why I don't say he's a S or A tier is Abraham Lincoln uh, maybe was a bit reckless. Maybe could have done more to prevent 750,000 people from dying. Okay, I think uh, McClellan actually had a point. Uh, McClellan, you know, uh, he he wanted there to be, I mean, he was seeing all the bloodshed, and these are our brothers and sisters, okay? this. So I think that um, life was a little bit too, too uh, commodity, too much of a commodity. I don't know. Something about he seemed like he didn't care as much that all these people were dying. I know he gave a good speech, Gettysburg Address, like, may, may they not die in vain. I get it, okay? But I think that's later on. The Abraham Lincoln I like more is later in the war, after the beginning with the Emancipation Proclamation and the Gettysburg Address and uh, pushing for the 13th Amendment. And then coming around saying, hey, yeah, I'll consider giving them the right to vote, blacks the right to vote, and equal rights. That's the Abraham Lincoln that I am incredibly impressed with. But the Abraham Lincoln that I'm not impressed with is kind of his re recklessness in the early stages of the war. And maybe it was part, like, he just didn't realize how bad it was going to be when he first found out about Antietam. I heard he took it pretty badly. Uh, he, he suspended habeas corpus. That's something I also, to this day... Uh, I think I'm strongly against, and he did imprison uh, whistleblowers, people that spoke out against him. Of course, the draft riots, of course, um, the fact that people, rich people were buying their way out of the war. So yeah, those are, those are stains on his legacy. But overall, Abraham Lincoln, I think we all know why he's considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Most historians say he's the greatest. All right. And then we go to Andrew Johnson after the death of Lincoln, the first president assassinated. Andrew Johnson, F, buddy, F tier. Andrew Johnson, as I said in my video a few years ago, um, I think the, the biggest thing about him is his personality. <laughs> he just, he was stubborn. He didn't get along with very many people, not easy to work with did not listen to other points of view. And that was at the root of the conflict of uh, that he had constantly with the radical Republicans. The impeachment, yeah, of course it was just a... They made a law because they knew he was going to break it, and it was a little bit out of control. But, uh, you know, he wasn't really uh, getting along and even attempting to. But also Andrew Johnson uh, kind of had this warped view of the world, um, kind of had a chip on his shoulder, and definitely, I think, was irrational a lot of times when it came to how he governed. Enough about Johnson. Let's go to Ulysses Grant. Ulysses Grant, who was, again, um, an amazing general, okay? He uh, revolutionized uh, military tactics with total war, was a big reason why the... Uh, the Union won the Civil War, but he's a D. He is a D tier because his presidency was marked by scandal. Uh, I have a bobblehead of Ulysses Grant back there. I, he did great things as a military leader. I think he was a he meant well for the most part. Definitely struggled as a as a president. Um, his cabinet, <laughs> lots of corruption, scandal. 
Some of the scandal was a bit overblown, let's be honest. But regardless, that definitely hurt his legacy. Uh, Grant uh, had to um, try to deal with another economic depression, did not, wasn't able to kind of help guide the country out of that. Although often it's out of their control anyway. I get it. But I think his, uh, his two terms, we saw uh, Reconstruction start off strong. We saw it by the end of his, his second term, Reconstruction was uh, in jeopardy. Uh, and there are highlights, you know. He was able to uh, put down the KKK, for example, the Freedmen's Bureau uh, success that he had. But by, uh, you know, soon after he got out of office, Reconstruction ended, and then the South went straight up segregationist, and uh, things went really, really badly for African Americans. All right. <clears throat> so how are we all doing here? We still, we just left off with uh, good old Ulysses Grants. Oh man, we got lots of people in the chat now. Well, hopefully it's not out of control. <laughs> all right. So we've got the election of 1876, Rutherford B. Hayes. I think Rutherford also goes here to D tier. We are entering the bearded age, the gilded age, where plutocrats rise to power and governments go along with it. Lots of corruption in government. Rutherford did not do anything to help that. Of course, his election came at a cost, the end of Reconstruction in the South. Um, I think he was, again, somebody who did a lot of good during the Civil War as far as a heroic leadership. But as president, meh. Rutherford, meh. Okay, uh, then we've got Chester Arthur. Oh no, how, do, how can I forget? James Garfield. Okay, I originally had James Garfield up at A, but I'm bringing him down to B because he just wasn't in there long enough. He was not in there very long before he was assassinated. I, I, I see a lot of potential with James Garfield. Extremely smart. Uh, look at that beard. He also had compassion, integrity. He also knew that corruption was bad at the uh, Washington, D.C. was becoming swampy. And he was one of the ones who started to call it out. We need to do something about it. We need to return uh, the merit system here. We need to make sure that uh, we are not wasting taxpayer money not accepting bribes and crap like this, not letting the mach political machines run everything. And then he died. And then he it was a, some a crazy person assassinated him. So I based so much off of uh, James Garfield what he would have done. And originally I would have put him up in A, but I realized, yeah, he just wasn't able to accomplish very much while he was in there uh, just a short amount of time. So then we go to Chester Arthur. Average C. Chester Arthur, I think uh, he agreed with Garfield on some policies, but overall kind of things went back to the status quo. I'm not terribly impressed with Chester Arthur. Uh, I do go back and forth about him a little bit. I see glimpses of like, oh yeah, he, he wanted to reform. But overall, I think he was somebody who cared more about his own power, trying to kind of keep things the way they were. All right, and then we go to 
Are we up to Cleveland yet? Grover Cleveland? I'm doing this all by memory, so hopefully I've got this. So Grover Cleveland goes to A. Grover Cleveland was a breath of fresh air. You had Gilded Age, Gilded Age politics. And then you have Grover Cleveland who comes in there. I'm going to clean up the swamp. Uh, I'm going to try ideas that work. He was a free trader. He understood how economies grew. He wanted to have a sound currency to ha have a more stable economy. He wanted to end corruption. He actually ha had integrity. Uh, any smear against him was, I think, for the most part, unwarranted. I think he... Of all the presidents we've ever had, there's lots of evidence that Grover Cleveland actually was a good person. Like, <laughs> power didn't corrupt him. Uh, he always treated um, others as equals, like, uh, regardless of their background. Uh, he did seem to be um, someone ahead of his time in terms of uh, how he viewed women's rights, uh, African-American rights, uh, and I think he doesn't get enough credit. I, I think uh, Grover Cleveland, I think the reason why he doesn't get much credit to start off with is, yeah, the economy tanked during his second term. He was the guy who served one term, didn't get reelected barely, uh, but then four years later ran again, so he has two non-consecutive terms. Also, Grover Cleveland, wonderful foreign policy, He's, he was an anti-imperialist. He thought that we were above what the European countries were doing, thought that it was wrong uh, the way that businessmen just took over Hawaii and tried to reverse that. Of course, the guy who didn't do that was the guy who was president between his two terms, and that was Benjamin Harrison, who I still put down here as an F. Benjamin Harrison, I think, kind of returned it to how it was with Chester, but even worse corruption, horrible foreign policy, just n not having any vision, uh, inconsistent, I mean, no clear values. I, I think we don't know uh, probably enough about Benjamin Harrison because what happened during his presidency? Not much. It was the 1880s. But uh, I think he was, he was kind of bleh, you know? He was, uh, in many ways, opposite of Grover Cleveland. He had kind of outdated uh, views in terms of the economy, for sure. Um, and I think a big reason why things went to crap in Grover Cleveland's second term was because of the policies of Harrison, who definitely also uh, let the plutocrats run the show. All right. So then Grover Cleveland comes back. And then now we're up to the 1890s, and oh yeah, William McKinley, you're down here too. The thing about these two, they had similarities in foreign policy, is they thought that it was that Manifest Destiny was alive and well, and now we need to take it to the rest of the world. So these two are notorious for, you know, wanting to start a global empire. Uh, but also just this is when the last remaining uh, Native Americans are forced onto reservations and treated like crap, and uh, they're stripped of their old culture. McKinley thought that it was a 
he had a direct connection with God and that God said, hey, we need to go to war with Spain and take over Cuba and take over the Philippines and that should be, they should be part of the United States. <laughs> Spanish-American War was William McKinley and the economy was going great and so he gets a lot of credit for that. I don't care. Uh, William McKinley's foreign policy was a disaster. The Spanish-American War was started on lies, fake news, yellow journalism, uh, it was, yeah, a short war, not a lot of Americans killed, but lots of Cubans exploited and subjugated, and then later the Philippine-American War, which McKinley's also responsible for. The Philippine-American War, something that most people don't know about. You're probably not taught that in American history class in high school. Google it, okay? Cynical Historian has a great video about the Philippine-American War. Uh, this was one of the darkest chapters of American history, and McKinley was in charge during it. Philippine-American War is where we had concentration camps in the Philippines. We committed straight-up genocide. And then only years later that we finally slowly give the Philippines independence. Uh, so uh, it's something that uh, a lot of historians uh, try to bring attention to, but conveniently it's left out of curriculums across the country. Wonder how, wonder why that is. So William McKinley, the heck with you, man. You're down there. And then we have Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson. Then we have Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt, you would think he was right. Oh yeah, similar foreign policy. But it wasn't quite that way. He was more pragmatic. So he goes up there. And then Theodore Roosevelt also just so happens to be a conservationist who wants to save the environment, all right? We're, we're bringing it up even further. And then he wants to fight monopolies and fight corruption. Okay, we got you up here. Then And then he's just a charismatic and wonderful leader. We're still going A tier. I know he's 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 far from perfect, but Tom, uh, I keep saying Thomas Jefferson because I'm looking. Theodore Roosevelt, T.R., Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, he's somebody that kind of epitomizes the ideal leader in American politics. No matter what era we're talking, he, he was idealistic, but at the same time pragmatic. Uh, yeah, some of his views were outdated and warped, but he did evolve. Uh, later, later on, he seemed to not want to fight monopolies as much anymore, so that was kind of a bad thing. But at the same time, he kind of he pushed the progressive era into the mainstream. He uh, pushed for democratic reforms. He uh, was really welcoming to the press, let them in the White House. That's the reason why we call the White House the White House is because of him. He was uh, somebody who got along with different types of people. Um, sure, he was pretty passionate, f had fiery speeches. Also somebody who uh, overcame a lot and... Uh, you know, even during his presidency, overcame a lot. Um, I think you you shouldn't always just judge someone on their policies. I think uh, he, first and foremost, was for pushing us forward, okay? Like not being, not just accepting the status quo. Say, hey, we need to make some changes. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty. Let's do it, okay? At the same time, realizing... Yeah, we've got to uh, expand our power around the world, but not in a way where we're 
imperialist, we've just got to be pragmatic about it uh, and strategic about it, okay? I get it that he, he did have imperialist um, sympathies a bit, but he did take it down a notch after McKinley, all right? And we got uh, William Howard Taft. I'm going to put him B. Because he, he actually took a lot of Roosevelt's policies and he even pushed them forward. Um, he was only in there for four years, though. I think he could have done a lot more. But he essentially had the same uh, beliefs as, as Theodore Roosevelt, except all the without all the, like, you know, <laughs> kind of the over-the-topness of Theodore Roosevelt. Um, also, a smart guy had uh, a more balanced cabinet, definitely uh, somebody who I think was not necessarily, he didn't even really want to be president. Remember, he wanted to be on the Supreme Court. That was his thing. Uh, but he knew that it was kind of like a duty. He treated it like, um, I'm going to be a public servant, okay? Kind of brought back a little bit humility. So basically Theodore Roosevelt, but with more humility. That's, uh, that's, that's Taft, baby. And then we get to the election, the crazy election of 1912, where we have a four-way race, and then Woodrow Wilson gets in there. Woodrow Wilson is, is F-tier. And when I was younger, when, if you were to ask me about Woodrow Wilson, how I thought about Woodrow Wilson in high school, I would have said he's probably a top 10 president for me. Over the years, my views of him have gotten worse and worse and worse the more I find out about him. If you ever want to learn a lot about Woodrow Wilson, I, again, shout out to Cynical Historian, has multiple videos about him. Uh, who He was a historian. Woodrow Wilson was. He was a bad historian. Had, again, a very twisted worldview, um, more racist than m much of his contemporaries, despite being supposedly a smart guy. Um, now I I get you. We should give him credit for the um, his peace plan after World War One, despite it going nowhere back home. Um, but other than that, I think his legacy is it's hard to to find much good there. Um, he's uh, he he starts the Federal Reserve, which the Federal Reserve, you know, I get it. Why? it was justified but the, the if you look at the beginnings of the federal reserve bank it's <laughs> it's uh, easy to see why it's, people think it's nefarious um the income tax that was him uh kind of pushing for reforms that didn't make sense uh definitely did not care for progress for women or african americans um, he was, you know, he was the guy who showed uh, the KKK film in the, uh, the Birth of a Nation. He showed that in the White House. That was Woodrow Wilson. Um, I think whatever we think about, whenever we think about his leadership during World War One, uh, remember he broke a promise saying we wouldn't go to war and that, that war should not have anything to do with us. And then he turns around after he gets reelected, and he, we end up going to war anyway after he begs Congress for us to go to war. Um, so yeah, I don't think we should have necessarily went into that war to begin with. And uh, But I think he did have an agenda. The real reason why is he wanted to lay out this vision for the world. Uh, 
I think that was somewhat out of touch with how things really were. So he was, what's weird about Wilson is he had some outdated views, but he also was a bit idealistic. Um, so this kind of mix of being naive mixed with being uh, old-fashioned. It's kind of a weird mix with Woodrow Wilson. And then, after World War I is over, then we have a return to normalcy with Warren Harding, who is definitely an F-tier. Man, look at this. Most of the presidents so far have been down here. Hopefully we, we get some redemption here. But yeah, Warren Harding, uh, oh, that poor guy, probably one of the, the least smart presidents we've ever had. So, But lots of corruption on his uh, in his cabinet. Didn't really seem to know what he was doing. Kind of thrown in there because nobody hated him. And then he would, <laughs> like, during Prohibition, he's having uh, beer parties in, in the basement of the, the White House. And somebody who uh, is regularly... Uh, kind of doing shady things, like accepting bribes, cheating on his wife. I mean, yeah, JFK did that too, other presidents as, as well. But it seems like this is just one of those good old boys who didn't really care about the good of the country, kind of just trying to return the uh, re return that old guard of like, oh yeah, if you have enough money, then you can buy me. That's Warren G. Harding. And then Calvin Coolidge, though. He's the breath of fresh air, breath of fresh air because he is definitely the opposite of Harding in many ways as well. I still put Calvin Coolidge up here at A tier. Calvin Coolidge, <clears throat> I got a lot of criticisms about him in my the comments of my video. I get it. The Great Depression would happen like a year or two after he gets out of office, a lot of people say, well, it's because of this, uh, you know, these corporations that are unregulated and they're, they're just basically unfettered capitalism. That is the biggest critique. You know, he was a hands-off guy. And so he didn't want government really controlling too much with the economy. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that we ought to let markets function whenever possible. A lot of times when we think of problems with markets, it's because of government involvement. And, you know, we see that today with the influence of uh, corporations on our government. They can just essentially buy whatever legislation they want. Calvin Coolidge was somebody who was a no-nonsense guy. He thought that the power of the presidency should be limited, much like George Washington thought it should be limited. He thought that we should generally uh, have a humble foreign policy. We should have... Uh, generally, we should let people have freedoms to do what they want to do. So I think he was actually, I would consider him a very uh, libertarian type of candidate or uh, president. Uh, now, when we say libertarian, there that could be there. There's a whole spectrum when we say libertarian, but generally, I think he, in terms of civil liberties and in terms of economic liberties, this doesn't get much higher than Calvin Coolidge. And the Roaring Twenties, yeah, like things did, were going well in the Twenties uh, for the most part, not so much for farmers and, and large parts of the, the country, but uh, I think the fact that he led with humility is his biggest strength as president, Calvin Coolidge. And then Herbert Hoover. 
bringing him down to F tier. And like, what the heck, Mr. Beat? You're so inconsistent. You go from Harding here to Coolidge here to Hoover here. What the heck, dude? Well, Hoover was somebody who I think was out of touch. Hashtag out of touch. I think his policies literally created the Great Depression. I think we were, we were, we were headed to a depression without him, regardless of what, who took over president in 1929. But Hoover signs the Smoot-Hawley Tariff, maybe the worst law ever signed in American history, uh, other than maybe the Kansas-Nebraska Act. <laughs> uh, and that, of course, makes the, a, turns a bad recession into the Great Depression. And then he has other policies, too, where it's just like, dude, you're making the problem worse. You're better off just not doing anything. And he's sitting there eating fancy meals and like we got to make people think everything's okay but they're not they're starving and the country was falling apart and he d didn't really seem to be in tune with it he like he he was also somebody who was stubborn and it doesn't matter where herbert hoover came from but i know he was he actually had a pretty impressive um <clears throat> rise hubert hoover started out as a as a poor kid in Iowa and he was a somebody who uh built up his own wealth with little outside help um but regardless throw it all out the window as president I think he just made big mistakes that did make a recession turn into the great depression and so then who comes into the rescue at, who comes to the rescue as a as a beacon of hope and that is Franklin Roosevelt Franklin Roosevelt is going here, B tier. Franklin Roosevelt didn't always have the best solutions, but at least he had solutions. <laughs> at, least he, at least he had vision. At least his heart was in the right place. I think there were un unintended consequences of FDR's um, tenure. Remember, FDR was in there from 1930. Three, all the way up to 1945, longer than any other president in American history. He was elected four freaking times. The reason why they had term limits after that was because of Franklin Roosevelt. I think uh, <clears throat> smart guy, also sometimes out of touch, but he at least understood that, yeah, uh, why are we blaming poor people for the problems? We need to be putting programs into place so that there's a safety net. I used to think less of Franklin Roosevelt. I used to think of him as somebody who was like, oh, he's just a socialist, you know. When I was younger, I, I was thought, oh, he's a socialist. Uh, but then I actually read a lot of his um, speeches. And he always talked about liberty as the end goal. And he says liberty cannot be achieved if one cannot even uh, afford the basic necessities. And this is a common pattern in, in his speeches he always talked about uh, we want some kind of starting line that's equal for everyone. So he, he thought that capitalism was still the way to go. He easily could have become a fascist leader if he wanted to, I think, in the 1930s. He could have, you know, been what, what we saw in Europe during the time in other countries, you know, like Italy and Spain. But he, uh, oh yeah, in Germany. But he, I think, he found the balance there. Um, and the packing the court, that was not good, that idea. Well, the way, you know, I get the uh, 
reforming the Supreme Court, but the way that he was trying to do it, he went about that wrong. <laughs> and generally speaking, we you know the welfare state, as we call that, a lot of people trace it back to Franklin Roosevelt. Uh, the welfare state has never been perfect, but it's something in place to help those in need. And it has given government more power. We've seen inefficiency. But a lot of these programs are extremely popular. Um, think about Social Security. That was him, Franklin Roosevelt. How many people want to get rid of Social Security today? Not very many. You know, you might hear people talk trash about socialism and then at the same time collect their Social Security check. And like, you're not taking that away. Um, so I think Franklin Roosevelt, I get why um, he's up there for most historians as far as one of the best presidents we've ever had. And then Harry Truman. After him, Harry Truman also used to be lower on my list when I was in high school or and even college and in my 20s. But now he's A tier. And Harry Truman was low on my list originally because he made that fateful decision to drop the atomic bombs on Japan. And uh, over the years, I kind of uh, moderated my views about that. I definitely am still on the fence with that. But overall, if I was in his position, I could totally see myself making the same, this, making the same decision that he did, given the circumstances, given every, everything that he knew. Wow. And talk about a dude forced with really difficult choices. More so than probably any other president in the history of the country, Harry Truman, just an average guy. Remember, somebody who nobody knew who he was until he was in his 50s. He's thrown into the limelight, and he's given the most difficult decisions for any president ever, and he handles it fairly well. Uh, you know, not perfect. Definitely had some, uh, some racist views. But racist views, this is the guy that uh, integrated the military, let African-Americans and uh, whites uh, share, share the same space for the, finally, for the first time. Uh, Harry Truman, also somebody who uh, I think always was pragmatic. Um, and yeah, the Korean War was largely something that uh, I think... I mean, I it could have gone a lot better, but it also could have gone a lot worse, okay? <laughs> and he did, like, and before it going to Korea, he consulted with the world, okay? This wasn't unilateral, okay? And so I think uh, it's easy to kind of say, oh, well, the Korean War, that was the first time that, well, now we're the, the world's police, it, and we've, there's been no turning back ever since then. Uh, it's more complicated than that. And the older I get, the more I see that. I think a big reason why I like Truman so much, yeah, he's from the Kansas City area, so the hometown bias. Also, I love how uh, he... Well, I read a whole book about him. That really changed my view about him. But uh, he generally was someone who... Uh, he didn't let the power get to his head. He didn't let the power get to his head. All right. So now we are up to uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, who goes up higher and higher on my list the older I get. He's A tier. I, I swear, he's almost S tier, baby. Dwight Eisenhower. And 
I was always uh, under the the uh, assumption that you know this guy is conservative. He's a Republican. You know, he was somebody who uh, definitely just wanted to kind of keep things the way they were. He's associated with the decade he he was president, 1950s, a, a relatively conservative time. But that's misleading. Um, for starters, I don't think he really he was not really uh, a good fit for any political party. Remember, the Democratic Party also wanted him to run with them as well. He was a war hero from World War II, so anybody wanted him. But once he got in there, the definition of somebody who uh, who compromised and saw all sides and was not somebody who, <laughs> I think, cared as much about uh, the political games he, he had integrity, like some of my other favorite presidents, like everybody else you see on this list, up here on A-list. He um, worked with different types of people. He also was courageous with, with uh, his leadership. I mean, I think the best example we have is after the passing of Brown versus Board of Education, which, remember, Earl Warren, who he nominated, was a big reason why that was unanimous. He was the one who set, who sent in the Marines to protect... African American students after integration of schools in the South, uh, I think that's that's a huge part of his legacy. He also just in general, I think we forget how much he. A lot of his views were apolitical, like they were not. They, it's clear that he didn't have uh, this loyalty to a team. He just wanted to do what's best for the country. And so he was hard to actually fit into a category for that reason. I think the benefit of... He's the last true war hero we've had as a president. I mean, JFK did some heroic things in war, but um, I think that similar to probably Zachary Taylor, he's what Zachary Taylor, what he could have been. Because Eisenhower, um, he just was a good leader, a, a born leader. And yeah, I'm biased towards him as well. He's from, from Kansas. I get it. But... I think you look at Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Eisenhower, and then we we get JFK in there, who is still, I think, an A tier. What a good run for presidents, okay? JFK, obviously, let's get the bat out of the way. Uh, also, infidelity, all right? <laughs> uh, probably, I think that's the biggest thing, like, oh, he was a womanizer, like, I hear the same criticisms of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. But um, as far as his presidency, I think that the biggest thing about JFK, John F. Kennedy, is his ability to inspire. And similar, I mean, I know a lot of people kind of might cringe when I say this, but a lot of what being president is, is being able to just give good speeches to inspire the world and also get along with the rest of the world. It really is. And he knew how to say the right things at the right moment. And I think a big reason why the space race was successful was literally because of the leadership of John Kennedy. Um, I think he saw what we needed to do uh, at the height of the Cold War. And of course there were mistakes with the Bay of Pigs. The Bay of Pigs kind of fell into his lap. Uh, but the Cuban Missile Crisis, I've even heard people criticize him for how he handled that. I think he handled the Cuban Missile Crisis just fine. I think um, if it would have been certain other presidents, that could have ended in 
disaster we may not be here today. So I think he handled the Cuban Missile Crisis wonderfully. Uh, he was pragmatic, a little cautious with civil rights. He did want to move forward, but he knew that he wanted to make sure everybody was on the same page for the most part. Still criticized with that. But I think he, he also had vision. A younger guy who definitely excited the country. Um, I think maybe, yeah, we wouldn't view him as positively if he was allowed to serve two terms, if he was not sadly assassinated. Sometimes that's what happens. Somebody, a president gets assassinated. Uh, their legacy a lot of times is better because of because of that. But I think with with John F. Kennedy, it's actually it's evident that he was someone of good character um, overall, and definitely was a someone who wanted to move the country forward in a pragmatic way at a very freaking tough time, the height of the Cold War. And then he is assassinated. We have Lyndon Lyndon Johnson, who I'm putting at at, uh, probably D tier now. Lyndon Johnson is a D tier because of mostly because of the Vietnam War. He escalated that. John F. Kennedy, I guess, started to send troops there. We all know that, but he wanted to bring them home. He wanted to not escalate. Johnson escalated. It was a disaster. A huge disaster. A war built upon lies. Lies. Deception. And that ultimately led to his downfall, right? But uh, the good. What's the the good with Lyndon Johnson? I think cared. His passion was undeniable. Again, kind of like Franklin Roosevelt, you see someone who uh, has a lot of really big ideas, maybe sometime sometimes unintended consequences. He started a war on poverty. Uh, That's bold. I like it. We've had relatively the same rate of poverty since his programs went into place. Um, So he did expand the the welfare state um, for better or for worse. I think his heart was in the right place. He had a lot of domestic successes. Look at Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, A lot of people like those programs. They don't want you to take them away. Even if they don't like socialism, like they like Medicare and Medicaid. Lyndon Johnson also, of course, civil rights uh, successes. Although he dragged his feet, he did drag his feet, similar to John F. Kennedy. But it's hard for me to get past Vietnam with Lyndon Johnson. Because remember, the main job of the president is commander-in-chief, in my opinion. He's, that, that was poor leadership and with a, what ended up being a disaster with the Vietnam War. So that's why he's at D. And then Nixon is supposed to bring the troops home, and he doesn't. Kind of a liar. He's very much a liar, (laughs) Richard Nixon. We all know that. Now, can I move him up to D tier? I sometimes want to. I sometimes want to. Why would I? Because he did uh, open up trade with China. He started the EPA, which is, a, I think, a very important popular program or organization that does a lot of good. Uh, he definitely pushed for reforms for conservation and the environment. But, you know, just does he started the war on drugs. The <laughs> big reason why we have the prison industrial complex goes back to his policies with the war on drugs and the institutional racism escalated under him like oh well civil rights is in place but we can still get them in other ways and uh 
kind of kind of twisted when you really look at it deeply. And of course there's Watergate. Yeah. A lot of presidents lie about things. A lot of them do shady things to get elected or to increase power. He got caught. He lied about it. He would have been impeached. He would have been kicked out. He resigned. We all know this. But I think it's more than that why he's he's I think he's one of the worst. A lot of people defended Richard Nixon, I noticed in my uh, Worst Presidents video comment section. Um, I think the, the thing you need to remember about Nixon is that he didn't give a crap about your average, ordinary American. He really did not. There's little evidence for this. He cared more about his legacy. He cared more about his power, his own ambitions. And I think time and time again, if you look at the way he conducted himself, this is what you find. This is the opposite of somebody like Grover Cleveland or George Washington, who put average people first. He put himself first. He put his own ego first. He put his own legacy before everything else. And I think his leg legacy should still be, you're crap, dude. You were a bad president. Even if you had good ideas and you got important legislation passed through, um, <laughs> even if you were for universal basic income, he was. <laughs> I like universal universal basic income. I used, I didn't, didn't used to until recently, but even despite all that, um, I think a lot of it was about him. All right, so on to Ford, Gerald Ford. Uh, Gerald Ford, yeah, I think I'm going to put you at B tier. Gerald Ford, I think, definitely was a... It was a, a breath of fresh air after Nixon to have him in office. He pardoned Nixon, but I almost, I agree with the, the pardon the more I think about it. I, I, I do go back and forth with that. I know it's what hurt his reelection efforts or him getting elected in 1976. But regardless, um, he definitely brought integrity back to the, the White House, humility back to the White House. And then we get to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, D tier. Jimmy Carter a sweetheart, a very nice man who's done a lot of good for the country outside of office, while in office. It, it was uh, mostly a disaster. The economy was uh, still struggling, and he was not a hopeful, charismatic, inspirational leader like JFK was. Uh, he was, it, it wasn't really, that wasn't his forte. Stagflation was still bad, even though Ford dealt, Ford dealt with it too, so, but I think the way that Carter, yeah. And then, of course, the Iranian hostage crisis. That was a disaster. Of course, how it ended was it favored Reagan. That was pretty shady in itself. But regardless, it did not go so well for Carter in many ways. There's a reason why he only served four terms. Um, now, four terms. Four years, one term. Now we get to Ronald Reagan. So he is the darling of, I've noticed, much of YouTube. Um, YouTube seems to lean more conservative or, or right-leaning, for a lack of a better way of putting it. And so I, I think he's still seen as a, like the last great president we had. Um, I'm going to put him C, average, C tier. Uh Ronald Reagan definitely was good at describing the problems that our country had. I don't think he necessarily had the best solutions. Supply-side economics was uh, definitely something that benefited more the, the rich, the powerful, the people that already had the, the advantages more than it helped poor people. But overall, the economy did grow. 
during his uh, eight years in the 1980s prosperity, uh, but also mixed with deregulation and unintended consequences of that. Maybe he intended, but I don't. I think he meant well. Reagan always meant well. I think he did did escalate the war on drugs that hurt his reputation. And then there's the, uh, you know, the scandals. Um, but part of it, I think, was I think he really was a little his second term, especially. I'm not sure how much control he really did have. <laughs> I think he was already. Uh, Alzheimer's was starting to kick in at the very end of his uh, presidency. Um, but Iran-Contra, I think, was that was not a good look for him as well. I think another thing that was good about Reagan, though, is his uh, he was an inspirational leader, a transformative figure. Um, I think you did see a, a true leader that kind of had this grandfather-like uh, demeanor always that I mean, you forget, people forget that 1984, it was a, a landslide victory. That was the last time in this country where we had a president easily get reelected, almost winning all 50 states. People loved him. Uh, and so I think a lot of that was just the optics of it. Like, you know, kind of had this like, oh, yeah, grandpa, he, <laughs> he's going to take care of us. And... But, the, uh, yeah, I do go back and forth about Reagan. And then his vice president gets elected after he leaves office, George H.W. Bush. Again, C-tier. George H.W. Bush, I think, uh, was more pragmatic, I think, in many ways than Reagan. Although Reagan was fairly pragmatic as well. He started out like, oh, I'm an ideologue. But then, like, oh, he moderated many of his views. Same thing with H.W. With Bush. Uh, showed great leadership during the Persian Gulf uh, War, for sure. And of course, Bush Sr. had the uh, military experience. He had lots of experience in government. I think he uh, definitely was your prime example of somebody with moderate views that was um, used to compromise. And for that, I think a lot of people don't like him. I get that as well, but... I think this is the last time where you see a president who is not so divisive was George H.W. Bush because he did work with with uh, people of different backgrounds. And then the 1990s gets gets divisive. I think it starts with Bill Clinton, uh, with especially the rise of Ross Perot challenging Clinton and in, in, in alongside Bush Sr. in 1992. Bill Clinton, I think, uh, I'll put him as C-tier as well. Because the 1990s, this is when I was a kid, a prosperous time. I, I have fond memories of the 1990s. I think a, a time when, uh, you know, overall we were trying to focus more on making things better for your average American, okay? Uh, Bill Clinton was also a moderate. Don't forget, he was essentially, his views were not dramatically different than H.W. Bush. <laughs> they were not, really. Um, some people might say, well, he was stricter on guns, and like, okay, I get that. But it wasn't really that that dramatically different. Uh, remember, we had surpluses under Bill Clinton. That's the last time that happened, where we didn't have... Not that much people, many people care about the deficit anymore each year, with the debt, but it seems like the last president to really care about that was Bill Clinton. 
Bill Clinton, of course, his legacy is still marked by the scandal, uh, of course, infidelity, and Monica Lewinsky, the uh, impeachment. He was the second president impeached, and uh, somebody who did kind of come across as like, I'm a politician, and uh, I'm just saying whatever you want to hear to get me elected, um, did not seem as sincere, probably. Neither did H.W. Bush was not sincere either, though. He kind of had that elitist vibe with him. Bill Clinton was more, he at least tried to appear more down to earth, but, you know, still two-faced. Like, this is like where I, I get really cynical, and it's probably where I'm biased, because I was alive through these presidents now, and we have two more to do. We're not doing Trump. If you just joined us, we're not doing President Trump, so. Uh, but I am going to do the one I'm probably most biased about, and that's George W. Bush. Boop, down here, F. George W. Bush, remember he made my Worst Presidents album, or album, uh, video. <laughs> I do have albums for uh, the Presidents, uh, all the President songs that I've made. Uh, three albums, check all three volumes out. But yeah, uh, President George W. Bush served from 2001 to 2009, and these are my... Formative years, you know, my coming-of-age years. I was in college uh, during 9-11. I feel like George W. Bush had a great opportunity to be a, a good leader. And he was a good leader right after 9-11, but I feel like he had some missteps. And we are still stuck in a George W. Bush foreign policy quagmire over and over and over. We have been at war in Afghanistan since 9-11. For many of you watching this right now, that's been your entire life. That was George W. Bush. Now, I get it. We're trying to find Al-Qaeda, and it made sense to go into Afghanistan. And the world was on our side. They were working with us. But to stay there until 2020, here we are all these years later. Everybody now knows that it's we shouldn't be there, and there are shady reasons why we're there. And we've lied and covered things up, and it's cost a trillion dollars, and Lots of American lives and lots of innocent civilians died. Um, and then, of course, Iraq in 2003. Uh, that was a war that I thought that from the very beginning we shouldn't have been involved with uh, for various reasons. The uh, increased surveillance state, um, the erosion of privacy, um, the... Uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which constantly Congress still renews. Um, the TSA, Department of Homeland Security, basically ramping up the security state. Everything that we were warned about when I was in high school in the book 1984 came true during the George W. Bush administration. It was all in the name of fighting terrorism, the war on terrorism, which still goes on. You can't defeat a noun. But here we are. And then other things... Like No Child Left Behind, uh, not a fan of that. I still need to make a video about that. Uh, I think uh, the Patriot Act is up there with one of the worst laws. And it's still renewed. The parts of the Patriot Act continue to this day. And so we see this all begin at the beginning of drone warfare, George W. Bush. Perpetual war. All of this said, George W. Bush is a seemingly nice person who I would love to chat with. Seems like a great guy. Seems uh, he's a, a good painter. 
he uh, seems like his heart was always in the right place. I think he was just misguided. I mean, we Dick Cheney gets a lot of the blame. I think that's he's only partially to blame. I think there's a lot, there's a whole system around him. But I think generally he led in fear, and when you lead in fear, you make poor choices. And then so we have Barack Obama after that, who's supposed to be the savior from bad policies from the George W. Bush, George W. Bush administration. All right, this is the first time I've ever revealed how I think Obama should be ranked. As of right now, I think he's a D. Obama had so much potential. I think he could have been uh, someone who really fulfilled his campaign promises of, of uh, you know, turning things back around, bringing the troops home. He eventually did end the Iraq war, although many troops were still there. And then we saw the rise of ISIS. Uh, so ISIS uh, happened during uh, Obama's presidency, and then drone warfare drone warfare escalated. So his foreign policy was essentially identical to George W. Bush, although when he ran for president, of course, that was supposed to be different. He continued the surveillance state, the provisions of the Patriot Act, continued everything, all the bad stuff with George W. Bush continued under Obama, but Obama at least, at least diplomacy was on the way up. He was good with meeting with other foreign leaders. Uh, the reputation of the United States at least got better. Relations between other countries like Iran improved. You saw, um, you know, he may have not walked the walk, but he sure, certainly talked the talk, good speeches. Some people would say, well, he hates America. Well, he sometimes he would just actually give an honest assessment of how things really were. Um, but I think overall, he was a disappointment. I think we, we wanted to see more from President Obama. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed. And that's why we're where we're at today. We still have a lot of people disappointed. Um, even people who are supporters of the current president, President Trump, which I'm not sure where he fits in on this yet. I will after he's out of office for a few years. But we still have people that are just trying to figure it out. Um, it's been... Kind of a, I hate to be cynical, but it's been, in my lifetime, it's been kind of a, a dark time for presidents. Is that because I'm biased? I want to see more change quicker? Yeah, probably. But I think overall, um, I feel like we haven't had like just an outstanding president. If you look back, JFK and Eisenhower, those are the last two that are like, yeah, yeah. It's been that long. All right, so I'm going to take your questions now. Thanks for watching here. It's, uh, oh, we've got some, uh, looks like we've got some, I got to find the super chat. How's that work again? Wow, super chat. Yeah. I can't find it. Oh, well, just go ahead and, uh, this is still going crazy. Wow, thanks for watching, everybody. This did pretty well. Um, so as far as if you just joined me, um, <laughs> President Trump is not included on my tier list here because he's still in office, okay? So, uh, yeah, man, this is going way too fast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can take questions because there's just too many. Uh, let me see if I go to the, the main page and see if I can, if there was any super chats or not because it's not showing up on my screen here. 
But I'm thinking about doing this, uh, maybe every, something like this every President's Day, because generally I have school off on this day, so it's a good day to kind of, you know, reflect on the state of the presidency in history. Okay, here's one super chat. Why did you have Reagan equal Clinton? Reagan is better. Uh, because, I mean, the economy was so strong under Clinton. I think that's, and that's also why people say, uh, despite all of the misgivings of Trump, I think the economy is going to be a big part of his legacy. Like, the economy overall is doing well. There's still a lot of problems. So, all right, that was Cool Pie 1300. Let's see. Let's see if I miss any others. If I miss any other super chat, I'm sorry. Oh, here we go. Eisenhower is S tier, no question. That's Kaplan Mock says that. Thanks, Kaplan. You know, he's getting pretty darn close. He's getting pretty darn close to S tier. The more, in fact, I'm planning a video on Eisenhower, the more I learn about him, just like, dang, dude. Oh, SI Vlog, thanks, buddy. Good to see you on the chat. Was James Garfield the only man who went straight from the House to the presidency? I'm trying to think. Well, let's just Google it. Presidents. Presidents Looks like four members John Tyler, Millard Fillmore, Andrew Johnson, Gerald Ford. Wait, this is members of House who have served as president, but not directly. Well, it doesn't even mention Garfield on there. Oh, here we go. So we got, uh, so Garfield went straight to it. Um, McKinley did not, Kennedy did not, Johnson did not. Not Nixon, obviously. Going back to Pierce, no. Fillmore, no. Polk, almost. Yeah, I think that was it. Remember, John Quincy Adams went back to the, the house um, after he got out of office. Um, or maybe that was the first time he went into the House of Representatives. James Madison? No, no. Okay, then. So, yeah. Who else we got here? We got Snek. Thanks for the donation. Mr. Beat, how do you think the latest presidents might rank over time? Do you think most will go up over time as people rank them removed from living through their time period? I think so. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think uh, I am biased more to be negative to whoever's in power. Like, I, I've said this before in a live stream, but I tend to be contrarian. My personal political views tend to... Like, if the president is a left-leaning president, then I tend to become more right-leaning and vice versa. I think that's just kind of, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because we want better. We want to strive higher. And so we're going to be extra critical on people who are in office. I mean, I remember like living through the George W. Bush 
presidency and just thinking like, you idiot, you idiot. But then who was I? I was also an idiot, right? I was, <laughs> you know, I was 19 years old. What do I know by that point? All right. I'll try to answer other questions here too. So, uh, Somebody points out that FDR did not end the Great Depression or lift the middle class out of poverty. Uh, it's pretty common knowledge that uh, the biggest thing that lifted the United States out of the Great Depression was World War II. Although, there's arguments that it, there was other variables in there as well. Uh, oh, Mrs. Beat is back. That's good. Trump is the Gen Z president. Never heard that before. Why is Washington the only S-tier president? He's in a category all his own, Sam. He's in a category all his own. I just can't... Maybe... Maybe Cleveland and Eisenhower can, can join him, maybe. I don't know. I just... Isn't it good... Mike says, uh, isn't it good that change is slow? That means most major problems in the U.S. have already been solved. I think there's a that's a good point. Yeah. Grayson, uh I missed your super chat, so for some reason it's not showing up. So if you want to ask me the question again, I'm sorry about that. If this was about their entire lives, where would you rank Carter? I think Carter would be way up there. I think he'd probably at least be a B because of all his humanitarian work. Brian says, Mr. Beat, do you think change can be achieved easily now with the lack of compromise in this current era of politics? Well, Congress still is able to pass a lot of legislation if you look at it. So, I mean, they actually agree on quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, it can be achieved. I think uh, part of the problem has been obstruction, the obstructionist Senate in recent years. Um, but you're going to see that whenever you have, like, a split Congress like that. Like right now, the House of Representatives is mostly Democratic and the Republicans dominate the Senate. Um, but I think Mitch McConnell is definitely going to go down as one of the worst senators in American history. I hate to say it, but he's he's just purely there to prevent bills from being passed or voted on. All right, Patrick, what would have happened had Spiro Agnew become president? How do you think he would have ranked? I mean, Spiro... Spiro got into some trouble with, with uh, corruption as well. So uh, I, I don't think... Uh, I, he definitely was... He had very similar views to Nixon. I think he was uh, a fairly moderate Republican. Um, honestly, I think he would have brought a little bit more pragmatism, maybe a little bit more humility. But generally, Spiro, probably more the same. All right. Keep the questions coming. I'll be on here for a little bit longer. How was President Grant in D-tier when he broke up the KKK and the 15th Amendment? The 15th Amendment, you got to give more credit to Congress for that, not Grant. Uh, the KKK, yeah, that was probably one of his biggest accomplishments, uh, being able to break up the KKK um, in his... But again, Reconstruction fell apart by the end of his uh, presidency. And uh, 
just the corruption and his and his uh, kind of seemingly not knowing what the heck was going on. That's why. Now again, Grant would go way up if it was just looking at his entire life. Okay. All right. How uh, FDR copied much of what Hoover did to try to stop the depression? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that Hoover was definitely an interventionist guy. I thought the government should try to bail out parts of the economy to try to save it. Egon says, do you still live in Kansas and how do I do well in A-Push? Uh, I recommend Heimler's history videos and Tom Ritchie and Keith Hughes to do well in A-Push and Mr. Betts. And yes, I still live in Kansas. Do I support Bernie Sanders? Meh, I don't really... I mean, the candidate that I liked the most was Andrew Yang, but he's out of it now. But we'll see. Um, let's see. I asked for more rationale behind Obama deteriorating beyond just being a disappointment. You talk about rhetoric being so important, and what about policy-wise? Okay, so Barack Obama, things I didn't mention. He, uh, Obamacare was definitely well-intentioned, but ended up being a disaster as well. Uh if you're going to do, fix the problem, in my opinion, just go for the whole thing. Medicare for all, you had the chance to do it. People weren't bold enough. Insurance companies literally wrote Obamacare. That's why it was a disaster. Uh, now, people still like Obamacare. There are still parts of it that are good. People are covered. But I think generally it actually made people more turn more against uh, any kind of health care reform. Also, with I mean, the main thing with Obama was the foreign policy. Um, oh, he locked up whistleblowers. Obama locked up whistleblowers. Uh, he could have uh, pardoned Edward, Edward, Edward Snowden, and he did not. He could have reversed many of the surveillance state, uh, and he did not. Um, I think generally he gets credit for some things like uh, legalizing same-sex marriage, but that was a Supreme Court <laughs> If you would have looked at his opinion on it a few years prior to that, he would have been like, "Oh, I believe that marriage is only between man and women and men and women." Okay, getting a lot here. Uh, Aiden says, "What would you describe your political ideology as being?" All over the place. Uh, every time I take one of those political compass tests, it's different. I think it depends on the issue. On the spectrum, I'm all over the place. What president had the best approach towards education? Jazzy spinal fusion ass. Uh, that's a good question. Um, the Department of Education was created um, when Jimmy Carter was president, so maybe Jimmy Carter, <laughs> maybe that was one of his few accomplishments. What do you think of Gary Johnson? Uh, I liked Gary Johnson. Why is Fillmore a B? I think I'm biased towards Fillmore more and more because of he, he was a teacher. I think Fillmore could easily be a C. LBJ for education? Yeah, I can see that. I don't like the Department of Education. <laughs> well, they're there for student loans. And I guess, yeah, unintended consequences of that. Uh, but also, yeah. There's, there are problems. How do you think the... Eric says, How do you think the GOP would align after Trump leaves office, whether it be this year or 2024? 
I think they definitely are more of a populist party now. Social issues are not as big. Uh, I think the evangelicals have lost their influence in the Republican Party. They are The Republican Party is definitely their way forward if they want to continue to survive is populism. Um, is basically, I think, trade and economic issues. That's going to be their... Now, that said, they're going to have to probably... I can actually see the Republican Party eventually embracing Medicare for all or something like it within the next few years because that's going to be the only way they survive if something like that, something where people's paychecks are affected. So they're going to have to alter, <laughs> you know, the whole socialism thing. Uh, that's that, that word's going to go through another, you know, I think transformation. It, it's essentially meaningless. I have a video about it if you want to check it out. Oh gosh, what are, what are your honest views on President Donald Trump? Uh, I don't really want to get into it too much, but generally speaking, I think the reason why President Trump has a good chance of getting reelected this year is because of the economy overall doing well. Wages are still stagnant overall, but they are creeping up, which is something that didn't happen much during the Obama presidency. Uh, the economy overall grew quite a bit during the Obama presidency, but it's at least we're starting to see wages go up. Now, the, the thing that's hurting everybody, housing, housing, health care, and education, especially higher education costs, keep going through the roof. So I don't know how much longer, like, you know, President Trump can just say, hey, the economy is doing well, and you just ignore the fact that people can't pay their medical bills or they have to go to GoFundMe just to pay for a medical procedure. I mean, I, that's not... But if the economy at least stays where it's at now, I think he has a good chance to get reelected because people don't really care about the... They, they forgive his, uh, you know, really distasteful tweets. <laughs> uh We'll leave it at that for now. It's it's always about the economy when in terms of who's going to get reelected. Chris, hey Chris, he says, do you think we'll see another A-ranked president in our lifetime? I think so. I'm optimistic. I really do think that we, we are we are overdue for an A-list, an A-tier um, president. So I, I do. All right. Do you support Medicare for all? Yes, I do. Even though it's not perfect, it's better than what we have. Uh, Mr. B, could you do a live stream doing the eight values quiz? Ooh, that's a good idea. I'll consider that. Thanks for the suggestion, Herb Gamer. Uh, I heard the average price for having a baby in the United States is $10,000. Is that true? Do you actually have to pay for that? When I have two kids, we had to pay thousands of dollars, for, even though we had good insurance. And this was years ago. It's worse now. So yeah, if you have a baby in a hospital, it's going to be a lot of money. And they don't tell you how much it's going to cost until after. You can't just like call them ahead of time and say, hey, how much is it going to cost? They won't tell you. <laughs> it's messed up. <laughs> All right. Uh... I'm sorry if I missed some of your questions, but uh, I'll try to answer as many. Uh, favorite genre of music? Okay, that's easy. Uh, like indie rock or indie pop. What inspired me to make music in the first place? Music is, is one of my biggest loves. Uh, so as, lo as long as I can remember. I, I started taking piano lessons when I was eight years old, so pretty much since then. 
All right. Oh, diesel patches. Thank you. I'd put Truman lower, but overall solid list. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, there's not more hate on this list because obviously this is all subjective for the most part. Um, I figured a lot of people give me crap for liking Calvin Coolidge and even Harry Truman. Uh, and they're like, what the heck with Grover Cleveland? And then they also give me crap. Like, there's still some people who defend Woodrow Wilson, and I get it. That's the same reason why why I used to defend him so much. And people that defend, uh, uh, well, George W. Bush. Yeah, George W. Bush, I think there's a lot of people that still, that still uh, defend him. All righty. Mr. B, what should be done about automation? I think uh, universal basic income is definitely the biggest thing we can do to, to try to fight the effects of that. All right, Salt, Salt Vador says, what do you think will be the effect of low interest rates by the Fed during the Obama terms and Trump's uh, historical lows? Yeah, I think um, it's going to ultimately lead to another recession. I think we've we have a... All kinds of bubbles going on right now. I think the stock market is just one giant bubble. Those stocks aren't worth that much. Eventually it will pop. But it's been an impressive run so far. We'll see how long it will go. All right. Could you talk about presidents who had to deal with hostile, a hostile Congress? Well, that would be Andrew Johnson. But the thing is, the hostile Congress, I thought... They made much more sense than Andrew Johnson. So I'm, <laughs> that's why I tend to favor them. And against Andrew Johnson, but also uh, in terms of the current situation, I think the House of Representatives today is very hostile towards President Trump. I think we haven't seen that for a while. Although in President Obama's uh, second term, you saw a similar thing with Republicans in the Congress. That remember the his uh, State of the Union? I think it was 2011, maybe that was his first term. Was where the, the congressman, I forgot his name, but he says, you lie in the middle of the State of the Union. That's a good example. But overall, I think Congress and the president have gotten along for the most part. That It's usually not too hostile. Um, I'm trying to think. I think maybe a little bit during Thomas Jefferson's time. Um, but, you know, there's some Federalists that really hated Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. What do you think of Joe Biden? Oh, Uncle Joe. Uh, I'll just put it this way. I'm sad to see him not do well in uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. And he essentially is the Jeb Bush of 2020. Okay. Do a vid on greatest politicians that never ran for president. Not a bad idea. What third party do you think will be in the run running for 2020? Cuban guy says. I think that the Libertarian Party will also have a strong showing. I predict that Justin Amash will, will make a run for it, and he'll probably get, like, again, 2 to 3% of the vote. The dollar is a bubble. Interesting. Should UBI replace welfare? <laughs> uh, maybe eventually, yeah. Um, but it, it, there'd have to be some kind of transition. So many people rely on the welfare state we have. All right. What is your opinion on the EU? As a trade organization, I think it's wonderful. Lindsay, hey, Lindsay, Lindsay Manning. If I go to Kansas, where should I go? Oh, you should go to Topeka and Lawrence. And uh, yeah, the Flint Hills, the Flint Hills. 
I mean, there's a lot of history in Topeka and Lawrence, th those two towns alone. Um, I mean, there's not a lot to see here, but <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a nice place. Uh, okay. Do you agree with the Korean War? Um, I think, uh, kind of. I think if you were to ask me a few years ago, I would have said no. But the thing about the Korean War, again, is um, we have many countries all working together to step in. It's not just the United States unilaterally like you saw with the Iraq War. Um, I think whenever the United States gets involved with foreign interventions, when, whenever they're just straight up invading a country where we're talking about regime change, first you need to get Congress involved. Congress never declared war for Korea. That's my biggest gripe about it. Congress has to declare war. But then, before that, you need to get the world on your side. You need to be working with other countries. <laughs> it shouldn't just be us doing a, our thing rogue. So I know that's kind of a... I mean, what's the point of the United Nations, right, that we have today? NATO could potentially, I think, be what the United Nations should have been. Like, make combine NATO and the United Nations and make it... The United Nations needs to actually live up to what it was supposed to do and get rid of the veto power of those the big countries and actually give them the power to be the world's police force. That's what the United Nations could be. All right, that was a tangent. Let's see here. Lots of people ranting about the dollar and video suggestions. Uh, Mr. Beat, will you ever do make a dedicated video on universal basic income? There's already a great video about UBI uh, from Kyrgyzstan in a nutshell, so I think they've already done a good enough job. E pluribus unum. Oh my gosh. Mr. Beat, is there a politician that you feel should have run for president? Oh, this is a teaser for a video he has coming out. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there are lots and lots. Uh, I'll send you a list. I'll think more about it. Okay, JoJo says, of all the Democrats in primaries, who do you think could be a better president? Well, I, I told you earlier I really liked Yang. Um, okay, I'm going to scroll down to the bottom here, so sorry if I skipped over some. We'll go, we'll go a few more minutes here. How do you think Trump will lose the next election if the economy goes into a recession? That's all it takes. Who should have ran this year? Oprah. Oprah should have ran this year. And Mark Cuban. Other than that, though, although I'm not a big fan of billionaires running, Michael Bloomberg is kind of fun to watch, but really, we don't need billionaires to save us anymore. Uh, so Mark Cuban's just another billionaire who thinks he can save us. All right. Opinions on capitalism? <laughs> I like capitalism overall. It's not perfect, but I like it. Do you think Trump should have been convicted? And what about Romney voting to convict? I don't know. I think Trump could have been impeached for better things than that. I think he could have been impeached for obstruction of justice last year. Uh, who should have ran? Oh, where are you? Uh, thoughts on Mike Bloomberg? Somebody. Uh, I... It's nice to see kind of a rogue throw go in there again. It's similar to President Trump going in, but at the same time, he's just bought his way in there. 
and that that's that's uh, no good. All right, who? Uh, Gimme some more says why would he rank a president who isn't done? Oh, okay. So yeah uh, Thoughts on Zionism Pfft. Yeah, that that led to some problems didn't it? Um, Mr. B what guy that lost the presidential election do you imagine would do the best job if actually won? Uh, good question Um, maybe, maybe Henry Wallace. I liked Henry Wallace a lot. Do you like Mike Gravel? Yes, I like Gravel. Do you think Trump should have been convicted? Oh, somebody asked that. Are you a member of a third party? No, I'm, I'm registered independent. I've never been, uh, the only reason why I change registration for political parties is to vote in primaries. Uh, so. Opinions on the Communist Party? Were they murderers or heroes? Communist Party with a capital C in China or the Soviet Union? They were murderers. <laughs> uh, why would you debate, or no, would you debate Sticks and Hammer 666 on the Electoral College and Medicare? Yes. I know he's a libertarian. I'm, I'm aware of him. Uh, who's, your, who's your favorite Muppet? I'm so glad you said that because I have, uh, there's a cameo by Muppets in Friday's video. My favorite Muppet is probably uh, Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo. How would George Romney have fared as president instead of Nixon? He would have done a much better job than Nixon. He would have brought the, the soldiers home. You would have seen not the horrible um, war on drugs policies. I, I don't think he would have seen that. What do you think of Pete Buttigieg? I think... That he has good qualities. He's my age, by the way. It's pretty crazy. Uh, it's good to see a young guy in there. But he's kind of like... I mean, he's he's not for Medicare for all, so that's bad. But but he's, he's more of a pragmatic dude. I like that about him. What's your opinion of historian Robert Caro? I know nothing about him. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Do you like the Senate existing? Should it be eliminated? Yes, I do like the Senate. I like to have... At least one part of the legislative branch or all of government that does represent the states. So I, I get that. What would happen if Ross Perot won? Ross Perot, I think, would have actually unified our country. We, we would have been less divided. I really, I really believe that in my heart. Fangirl says, "Can you, Mr. Beat, can you transfer to my school and become my AP Euro teacher? Because I still don't know how to write a DBQ. Writing a DBQ starts with coming up with a good thesis. So no matter what your documents are, look for an argument that unites all of your documents and have that good, strong thesis lead the way. And then everything else, just you just fill in with evidence. I don't know. That's my quick advice. I already answered some of these. Yang for, for NYC Mayor 2021. Yeah, I heard about that. All right. Would you want to be president? No, I would not want to be president. Who's the worst vice president? I don't know, but that video is coming. I need to do more research. Thoughts on right populism? Oh, I get why it's happening. Presidentialism versus parliamentarianism. Parliamentarianism. I think parliamentarianism 
is becoming more and more appealing to me, and I get why people go for that. Honestly, the whole idea of a president seems more and more absurd in the year 2020, and I say that (laughs) as a huge fan of American presidential history. (laughs) Uh... did you know the Texas can split into five different states at any time? Yeah, I, I remember seeing a video about that on YouTube. Uh, okay. Video requests. Thoughts on the AIDS crisis and Reagan? Oh, yeah. That was another bad part of his legacy. What is the worst state? Hmm, I don't know if I want to go there. Thoughts on Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> uh, that's my thoughts. Make sure to tune in at noon on January 20th, 2021. The next season is going to be a good one. Okay, I have no idea what that's going to be. What that's about. Favorite Supreme Court case ruling? Marbury v. Madison, of course. Brian says, Mr. B, do you think it is possible to actually abolish the Electoral College or should it be kept around? It's possible. Uh, Remember, it's really difficult to amend the Constitution, but I think... uh, We've seen par- uh, eras of our of American history where people actually all get on the same page, and you do see, uh, you know, all parts of government generally on the same page. So that can, we're due for that to happen. I'm, I know that this division is not going to last forever. Did Watergate affect the 1972 election? No. Eh. Uh, you need to be famous or a billionaire to run for president today. I just want to read that because I think it's kind of true. Which is amazing. Like you look at Pete Buttigieg and Andrew Yang, how they were able to rise. That's why it's especially impressive that they those two became as popular as they are. All right. Scrolling down here. Who's the worst congressman? I don't know about that. Favorite justice in history? Uh, Berger, maybe? How do you feel about the atomic bomb? Well, mutually assured destruction has been a net positive, I think, for um, (laughs) world peace. So, ideally, it would be great if we'd never had them, but now that it's out, the cat's out of the bag, as they say, you got to make sure that people would not be crazy enough to ever drop one. Uh, do you think if Bernie won the nomination, he'd beat Donald Trump, all things being held equal? I think he, he has the best chance. Yeah, I think he has the best chance. Um, Eric Swalwell, you know, he seems okay, I guess. He's younger. I like that. Elizabeth Warren, she used to be a teacher. Will Korea ever be reunited? I think in my lifetime, I think it's, yeah, I think they will. Not anytime soon, though. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Pence? <laughs> Is that your way of trying to figure out what I think about Trump? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll take this. just a couple more questions here, and we'll wrap this up. All right. Uh, who do you see as a Republican success- successor to Trump? I'm thinking maybe Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton. Yeah, that's a good guess. Tom got Tom Cotton. Uh, maybe Rand Paul. I'm thinking. And 
How do you decide who to vote for as president, Maurice says? Do you have a special topic that is super important to you? Whenever I vote for president, generally I want a candidate generally who, whatever their policies are, they are not out of touch. Like, it's clear that they are well-researched and they're not just, um, it's not just rhetoric. They're not just pandering. Part of it is also how um, their experience, you know, like, especially if they have military experience, I tend to be, I tend to like them more. Uh, I tend to like candidates who uh, generally seem more authentic. But overall, um, I have voted for, I voted for third parties quite a bit in my life because I live in Kansas, which is almost always overwhelmingly a Republican state. And so I want to see more voices heard and so I try to support third parties that way, um, but it's, if it's ever close in Kansas, then I'll vote for the candidate who uh, is closest to my views. I mean, uh, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what what it comes down to uh, as far as you know superficial stuff. Mostly, it's policy driven. We know do they have policies that I think that are not out of touch that work for most most people? Yeah. So that's the simple answer to that. I want to thank you all for, for watching again today. Um, so this has been a lot of fun. I can't believe I've been talking for two hours, but um, this uh, is something I should have done a long time ago. Um, keep in mind that if I were to do this exact same tier list, um, even tomorrow, it probably would be different. So my views are constantly evolving. And I still don't think I probably should have put Obama on this list yet because I still think my view, views could change of him. I think my views over time will get better about George W. Bush. So I'm sorry I talked so much trash about W. Bush and Obama. But like I said, I'm biased. But thank you all for watching. If you uh, donated on the Super Chat, I'm sorry and I'm, if I missed your question. Uh, feel free to email me. Uh, you can contact me on the like the about section of my YouTube uh, main YouTube channel link. If you if I didn't get to your question, then you're just you're dying to hear it. So, all right, uh, new video on Friday. It's a collaboration with Hikma History. Again, thanks for watching, and I'll see you uh, next time.